Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. I hope you caught yesterday's Sunday Reflection. The one with the clickbait title saying, did you know this about JFK? It's a cool little story, but the point is that we live in some crazy times and you need to make a decision about really standing for Jesus. And crazy enough, that's exactly what Peter is writing about as we will read today. Happy Monday, hopeful. Welcome to episode 1957 of our journey together through the Bible, and I'm glad you've joined the movement of those being transformed by reading through every word of God speaking and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. And if we were going to sum up a good chunk of what we read when we began 1 Peter, it would be summed up with something like called to salvation as exiles. Right? We heard about keeping our eyes on the future inheritance as an incentive to holiness and living as a new people of God. And what the rest of the letter is about is living as aliens or exiles to bring glory to God in a hostile world. And my friends, that's the charge for us. Now, along the way, I would love to encourage you to ask yourself a question. Are we going to view culture through the lens of the Bible, meaning God's Word? Or are we going to view God's Word through the lens of culture? As you'll see why, God's way makes us an alien. First Peter, picking up in chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Submit to every... By the way, you know, that right there sounds pretty all right. But then catch all of these submission passages, right? They not only contain instruction, but are in the context of living out our Christian faith in front of evildoers. Pretty interesting when we keep this in context, right? Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, 
This brings favor with God. For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you as an example, that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that, having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that, even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live, when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, you're not off the hook. Okay, it doesn't say that. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you were called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. And now he quotes Old Testament passage here, uh, which is frankly right out of Psalm 34. Here we go. For the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And my friends, that's First Peter two eleven through three twelve. So I hope you caught the big picture there. The Christian life is a battle and a witness, right? And testifying to the gospel in the social order, whatever social order you might find yourself in is part of our witness. Now, while we're at it, let me also say that I hope you catch today's Always Be Ready segment and the one for the next couple days. The one, if you're looking for it, it's called Should We Pray for God to Hurt Someone? It totally lines up with this few days in uh, 1 Peter. But if Peter is writing to scattered exile Christians... We catch the same kind of flavor as we turn to our Old Testament segment where we hear about a time in Israel's history in which they were exiled, right? And Isaiah chapters 40 through 66 are meant for 
comforting them in the form of a promise, right? That the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. The glory that will save sinners and defeat all other idols. Those things that we put our trust in, meaning idols are those things that we put our trust in over the good creator of the cosmos. And if you want to question any of this, well, our Lord and Savior says this. <laughs> Isaiah, picking up at 41, verse 21 of chapter 41. Here we go. Submit your case, says the Lord. Present your arguments, says Jacob's king. Let them come and tell us what will happen. Let them come and tell us what will happen. Tell us the past events so that we may reflect on them and know the outcome, or tell us the future. Tell us the coming events. Then we will know that you are gods. Indeed, do something good or bad, and then we will be in awe when we see it. Look, you are nothing, and your work is worthless. Anyone who chooses you is detestable. I have stirred up one from the north, and he has come, one from the east who invokes my name, He will march over rulers as if they were mud, like a potter who treads the clay. Who told about this from the beginning so that we might know? And from past times so that we might say, He is right. No one announced it. No one told it. No one heard your words. I was the first to say to Zion, Look, here they are. And I gave Jerusalem a herald with good news. When I look, there is no one. There is no counselor among them. When I ask them, they have nothing to say. Look, all of them are a delusion. Their works are non-existent. Their images are wind and emptiness. Pause. That wraps up chapter 41. But listen for this. If you've ever heard of Jesus referred to as the suffering servant, this is where it comes from and continues the story of God's redemptive program. Right? Being outlined 600 years B.C. Isaiah 42. This is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. Capital S. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smoldering wick, and he will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. The coasts and islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, the Lord, says who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. He says, I am the Lord. I have called you for a righteous purpose and I will hold you by your hand. I will watch over you and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. 
The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth, you who go down to the sea with all that fills it, you coasts and islands with your inhabitants. Let the desert and its cities shout, the settlements where Kedar dwells aloud. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them cry out from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coasts and islands. The Lord advances like a warrior. He stirs up his zeal like a soldier. He shouts, he roars aloud, he prevails over his enemies. He says, I have kept silent from ages past. I have been quiet and restrained myself, but now I will groan like a woman in labor, gasping breathlessly. I will lay waste mountains and hills. I will dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up marshes. I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on paths they have not known. I will turn darkness to light in front of them and rough places into level ground. This is what I will do for them, and I will not abandon them. They will be turned back and utterly ashamed, those who trust in an idol and say to a cast image, You are our gods. Listen, you deaf. Look, you blind, so that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf like my messenger I am sending? Who is blind like my dedicated one, or blind like the servant of the Lord? Though seeing many things you pay no attention, though his ears are open, he does not listen. Because of his righteousness, the Lord was pleased to magnify his instruction and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted, all of them trapped in holes or imprisoned in dungeons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them, and they've become loot with no one saying, Give it back. Who among you will hear this? Let him listen and obey in the future. Who gave Jacob to the robber and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord? Have we not sinned against him? They were not willing to walk in his ways, and they would not listen to his instruction. So he poured out his furious anger and the power of war on Jacob. It surrounded him with fire, but he did not know it. It burned him, but he didn't take it to heart. That's chapter 42, my friends. Catch this last piece. The servant of the Lord, Jesus Christ, will patiently and gently build his kingdom with broken sinners. That's you and me. Even as far as the distant islands, which of course means everywhere. Picking up in chapter 43. Now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. He says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba, in your place. 
because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you, I will give people in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And I'll say to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory. I have formed them. Indeed, I have made them. Bring out a people who are blind yet have eyes and are deaf yet have ears. All the nations are gathered together and the peoples are assembled. Who among them can declare this and tell us the former things? Let them present their witnesses to vindicate themselves so that people may hear and say, It is true. I'm going to pause, my friends. I'm, we're almost done. But I'm just going to say, remember, you're a kingdom of priests. And what is what do those who revile us, what will they say? According to, it is true. Christianity is true. That doesn't mean they're saved. But that is, that is a consequence of us being witnesses. Continuing. You are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration. And my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. No God was formed before me, and there will be none after me. I, I am the Lord. Besides me, there is no Savior. I alone declared, saved, and proclaimed, and not some foreign God among you. So you are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration, and I am God. Also, from today on, I am he alone, and none can rescue from my power. I act, and who can reverse it? This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says. Because of you, I will send an army to Babylon and bring all of them as fugitives, even the Chaldeans in ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down and don't rise again. They are extinguished and put out like a wick. The Lord says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Wild animals, jackals and ostriches, will honor me because I provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself will declare my praise. And that gets us up through 4321. And I hope, my friends, that is something that sounds familiar. God is glorified by rescuing his children. And his children are his people called as witnesses that there is no other God. 
And God works a new salvation greater than the old, which, of course, is what we hear in the book of Hebrews. Again, I do hope you'll catch this week's Always Be Ready segments because we end up talking a little bit about how salvation unfolds in history called redemptive history or salvation history. So we're going to close with a few more sayings of the wise Proverbs chapter 24, picking up in verse 5. A wise warrior is better than a strong one, and a man of knowledge better than one of strength. For you should wage war with sound guidance. Victory comes with many counselors. Wisdom is inaccessible to a fool. He does not open his mouth at the city gate. The one who plots evil will be called a schemer. A foolish scheme is sin, and a mocker is detestable to people. Proverbs 24, 5 through 9. Lord God, I just want to quickly say, Lord, if someone is listening right here and now, Lord, that you would bless them even in a surprising way today. We love you. And I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen. Amen.